Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 161. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It is your host, Eric Cacciatore. This is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. I have a great episode for you today. It's Tuesday, which means it's Talking Tuesday, and uh, we have a great topic to discuss. We're going to be discussing the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And if you've ever had an urge to, to do something truly special and creative, um, especially like opening a restaurant, uh, you need to start with why. And we'll get into the details of why starting with why is so important. But uh, just to keep it real aerial for now, like you just need to be able to have that vision. And then sometimes in order to have your vision of where you want to be in the future, you need to go in the opposite direction and start with why this vision starting in the first place. What is it? What is your purpose? What is your meaning? Uh, and that will help you really paint a better clearer vision of the future. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. You're going to love it. And I read this book just so you know, three times in the past month. And I've worked between this episode or between creating these podcasts and working in the restaurant close to, I would say 60 hours a week. How did I have time to read a book three times while working 60 hours a week? Audiobooks. You owe it to yourself to check out audiobooks and grow personally and professionally. And you can get this book for free at audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. Uh, audiobooks will change your life. Trust me. Take my word for it. All right, that's all I have. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation I have with David Mead, uh, who is a part of the Start With Why team as we just break it down. All right, enjoy it. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, David Mead. David, are you feeling unstoppable today? <laughs> I am now. <laughs> All right. Yes. Let me just give the folks at home a quick introduction, and we'll dive into the topic of the day. Uh, David is a part of the Simon Sinek's Start With Why team and lives with the purpose to help leaders Create an environment where people show up to work because they want to, not because they have to. An environment in which people are inspired to create or contribute to something bigger than themselves. David was drawn to partner with Simon Sinek's Start With Why team, and together they've been inspiring people to do things that inspire them. David helps people look at their careers in organizations from an alternative perspective, to consider their why, their higher cause or purpose, then to think, act, and communicate in a way that brings that why to life. David, this is just a huge overview of who you are and what you're all about. Uh, today we're going to be talking about that book, Start With Why, uh, written by Simon Sinek. And I've read this book three times and shared it with at least five or th probably thousands of people up to this point because I mentioned it a few times on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this book, uh, but before we dive into the content of this book and the whole Start With Wide movement, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra, hit us with something. Sure. So um, this is something that I learned from Simon a couple of years ago, and it, uh, it is probably one of the things that has impacted me the most 
as I do the work that I do, and it's uh, it's a mantra more than a, an, insp- uh, an inspirational quote, but it's something that I tell myself every time before I get in front of a group or before I, I do the work that I do, which is show up to give. Um, so often we show up to an event or to, you know, uh, some activity or something. And we think, what am I going to get out of this? Uh, you know, what am I going to, am I going to get more business? Am I going to get more customers? Am I going to get more referrals? And the, the, one of the most powerful things for me is to shift that a little bit. And rather than worrying about what am I going to get out of it, it's simply showing up to, to give what I can share. Man, I love it. And I think that whole, that mantra, this book that we're going to be talking about is so powerful, especially when it comes to the hospitality industry, because really at the end of the day, hospitality is all about generosity, giving, being warm, providing uh, comfort, and just being sympathetic and empathetic to other people's needs and just showing up for others. And yeah. I love, you know, starting off with that whole quote, the mantra you share with us, show up to give, man, it's dead on. And I think that's something we could all do in our restaurants every day is showing up and just thinking, hey, man, it's time to give. And I can't wait to see where this interview goes. I'm pumped up. You can tell me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's talk about the book. I mean, I'll let you take the ground. And to you, what does start with why mean? Like, at the core of sure. the book? Um, I mean, in its very simplest form, the, the easiest way to explain it is that all of our organizations and even our own careers operate on three levels. What we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And we're all really, really good at talking about what we do, which is our products or services. We're really good at talking about how we do it, which is how are we different or special or unique, or how do we stand out from everyone else who's doing about the same thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But very few individuals and very few organizations really understand, and more importantly, can clearly articulate why they do what they do. And the why is not about making a profit. It's not about greater market share. It's not about any of those things that you get. It kind of goes back to this thing of what do you give? What is your contribution? What is the human reason your organization exists? Why do you do what you do? And so this, that's what the book's focus is about, is thinking, acting, and communicating, starting with why, rather than how we normally do it, which is starting with what. Mm-hmm. And I instantly just was drawn to this book and to the, the messages of this book, David, because... Over 160 interviews or episodes, uh, primarily with interviews, studying successful people, finding out what it is about these people that makes them so successful. And I learned before even coming across this book that it's the people who get into this industry because it means something greater to them. Um, what they're doing isn't—they're uh, isn't, not so much about the product as they're, as they're about why they're doing it and how it makes them feel and how it makes other people feel. Sure. It's those who communicate that extremely well, not just to their, um, their guests, but to their staff and to, and they create that culture of just, this is why we exist. Yeah. That culture is just so important. And when I started reading this book, I was like, wow, so much of what I've learned just from listening to these people is regurgitated and it comes up in this book. And we're going to cover a few of those different things. Um, but what do you think about that? Uh, I totally agree, and it's you know it's interesting because the way that the the way that our our brain is actually wired, um, it is the, the why is a belief. It, it's this feeling that we have, and and we know you know, and, and actually I have some some restaurant experience that speaks to this. I I've worked at I used to wait tables. I waited tables for years, and there were certain restaurants where you just you showed up to work 
and you loved it. Like mm-hmm. the people that you work with were family. It felt awesome. You, I mean, you, you're, you were, you know, the boss knew who you were and it was just such a great relationship and it felt so good. It felt like a little community. And there were others where it was just a job, right? Mm-hmm. And I was doing the exact same job. I was doing the exact same thing. And yet, depending on the culture, depending on the restaurant, it could be completely different night and day. And so because the why is a, it's a belief, it's a feeling. And those things like belief, feelings, those things come from the, the limbic part of our brain, which controls feelings and emotions and, 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 and does not control language. And so sometimes we have a difficult time putting it into words as to what makes this restaurant better than this one. It just, you know, the food could be exactly the same as far as quality and, and, you know, it could be just as good. And yet we'd rather go to this restaurant than this restaurant. Well, why? Well, it's because it feels different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's actually interesting because, um, and it just popped into my mind. I actually have a menu board from this bagel shop that I worked at when I was 18 years old. And this is the first experience that I really had with feeling this type of culture where the why was strong, where we came together, not because we were, you know, you know, throwing bagels at people, but because it was a community and we all there, we were all there taking care of each other. And it was right downtown. It was right next to the big news building, uh, in, in Salt Lake city, um, for whatever that's worth as big as that is. Um, <laughs> there would be, you know, at lunchtime would come and it would be lines out the door. I mean, this place was packed and the way we took care of each other, the culture that we created and the, the reason that we were there, which was to create this experience for people and to do it together made such a huge difference. And it kept people coming back over and over and over and over again, waiting in line for, you know, 45 minutes of their hour lunch because they love to be in our space because of the feeling that we gave them. And that was, you know, it wasn't well articulated. It wasn't like we told people what our why was, but it was a feeling. It was this culture that we created. And so I keep that menu board just to remind myself that that, you know, that's, that's where it starts is this, this feeling of culture, this feeling of family, this feeling that we give to people, even if we don't say a word, they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me to the point that Simon makes in the book. It, when we go someplace and we're, and we say we meet somebody who is from the same hometown or, or the same home uh, state as we are, you instantly connect with that person. And it's that ability to connect with those low road, uh, identities, ways you identify yourself. And when you can find a community of people, uh, because you, you know, if you, if you're a restaurant, just that, explains those whys so well and you you are able to tap into the, the the psychographics of people um they instantly just connect with you and your purpose and your why and you have loyal uh customers and i guess on that topic can you explain the difference between manipulation and loyalty um let me do this let me do the difference between manipulation and inspiration okay and i'll tell you where loyalty fits in there all right please um, so manipulation is what a lot of organizations rely on. And we, we generally hear that word as a negative term, and I, don't, I certainly don't mean it that way. But when I say manipulation, I mean anything that we do to lower people's risk so that they will do business with us versus somebody else. So we are familiar with all kinds of manipulations out there. And, and again, they're not bad. They're just this is the way that often we do it when we, don't, when we are not clearly connected to our why or when we, when we feel like we have to compete on, on price or service or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll give, uh, you know, buy one, get one free, or, you know, bring in a group of eight and get a free appetizer, whatever it is, like whatever your, your promotion or your sale or your, uh, your, your value added is that you give, mm-hmm. these are all forms of manipulation. 
um, trying to convince people to do business with you versus somebody else. Inspiration, on the other hand, is when you connect with somebody at that limbic brain level, at that feeling level, when they walk in and it's, it's about relationship, it's about trust, it's about the environment that you've created. And when you can either clearly articulate or communicate in other ways, meaning how well you take care of people, how you interact with people, when they can feel that you really care about them versus just, you know, racking up their checks so you can make more money. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference, and you can inspire people to come back to do business with you versus somebody else. And even if you're a little bit more expensive, even if you're you don't have the greatest menu in the city, people will continue to come back to you because of how you make them feel, and that's where loyalty comes from. Loyalty is a feeling. Uh, it's not a necessarily a checklist that you know. If I do all the things I say I'm going to do, you will be loyal to me. Loyalty is a feeling, and even if I screw up sometimes, even if you have you know like a dish that's not that great sometimes, people will continue to come back because they are loyal to you because of the relationship that you have built. And when you're when you're doing things that are transactional, which is more on the manipulation side, like, yeah, we'll give you a discount so that you'll come in and, and eat here. Well, that doesn't really build a relationship. And as soon as another restaurant comes up with a coupon or another, you know, another deal that's better than what you have, who says they're ever going to come back? Yeah, so, or there's like always like that that little fine print, you know, where somebody will call. If they say if you're calling uh, for delivery, right, and you're all excited to use this coupon, and then on, over the phone they tell you, oh, that's pickup only. It's just these little right. things that they try yeah. to get you, and it's just not authentic. Exactly. Yeah, I totally hear it. So just to summarize, I mean, you start off with saying um, inspiration leads to trust, which leads to loyalty, which is a feeling, and. That is just powerful, and I kind of want to share a story that totally kind of shows the the this happening. Um, do you want to continue before I, I dive into that story? Did you want to wrap up anything? Well, just the, the the one thing on loyalty too is that we often confuse loyalty with repeat business, and they're two completely different things. Loyalty means again, I'm willing to drive further to see you, pay you more money, put up with some personal sacrifice so that I can continue to do business with you. Repeat business just means. Yeah, I'll do business with you more than once as long as you meet my list of criteria. As soon as somebody mm-hmm. else comes along that meets it better, don't expect me to stick around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's so powerful. Um, just to know that with loyalty, like you will literally be able to, you'll sacrifice to, to yep. stay with that restaurant or whatever it is. Listening to you talk about how um, if you're looking out for the best interests of your guests. Uh, if you really do care about their experience and what's best for them and how that converts into loyalty, I can just think of a story. Uh, it happened. It's fresh. It happened last week. I was the manager on duty. Um, we had a server who ran into an issue with one of our guests, and there was hair in the food, right? No matter where you are, you could be at Thomas Keller's, the French Laundry, and you could get hair in your food. It's just one of those things where there's hair, there's a chance of it getting in the food. Um, sure. the, the first thing you do is you just make it right. You know, it's, it's not a matter of, uh, who's wrong, who, who did what, but making sure the situation's right. And in this circumstance, uh, the server came up to me and said, Hey, this, this lady, she found hair in her food. I was like, all right, we sent it back to the kitchen. We're going to get a new one. Right. And she's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, let's comp it. You know, let's wipe that cost from the bill. And she's like, now the server started getting a little bit upset because she was angry that she's going to take a big hit on her tab because the kitchen made a mistake. And I get that. Um, 
And, you know, I should have stuck to my guns, and I said, well, we need to comp it because it's not right. We need to exceed expectations, not meet expectations. And she's like, well, the, the, the guest is happy. Can't we just, like, is there anything else we could do? I was like, all right, well, let's see if we can buy them a drink or at least buy dessert on the house. Yeah. So what ended up happening is um, I actually had to leave early that day. I left. Uh, the manager on duty went to somebody, another person, that title, and I was gone. And uh, when I left, I guess the, the server brought the guest the check, and the, the, the guest was upset because that check had the, the, the charge of that meal, and they wanted it to comp. Now that I had left, I couldn't do anything about it. And there ended up being a really bad review online because of this, because mm-hmm. of how we handled that situation. So I ended up really having a, a conversation with this person saying, listen, at the end of the day, it's not about um, ourselves and how much how high we can get that check, you know, how high we can get the check, how much money we can make on this one transaction. It's about making sure that person knows that we're looking out for their best interests. And I know it was kind of, it took a while to come around full circle, but that's just an example. If when, if you're looking out for your guests and you have their best interests, bad things are a lot less likely to happen. They probably never would have written this review and it wouldn't have looked so bad on our part. Uh, sure. And I mean, just something I thought would, kind of fit in with just not manipulating the situation to work in your favor, but to really look out for the guest needs. Any yeah, thoughts on that? I'll actually take that one step further. And this is uh, something that Simon talks a lot about, which is, you know, you, you, we run into so many organizations and this goes beyond restaurants. This is any organization. So many organizations that say we put our customers first. Mm-hmm. It's so important for us to put our customers, our guests, our members, whatever it is first. And so the question that we ask then is, well, so where does that put your employees? Mm -hmm. Second at best, right? And the idea is that while, you know, at at first blush, it sounds right that we put our customers first. It is amazing what will happen. And And I think what the example that you just gave is a perfect example where, and I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers or putting any blame because this is a difficult thing to do and it's different for every organization. But when you put your employees first, Mm -hmm. And make sure that they are taken care of and they feel confident and they have that, you have that loyalty from them. They will naturally do what's right for the guest or the customer. Mm -hmm. So, and again, this is tough too, because just with the way that the restaurant industry is, I mean, servers get paid based on the, 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 the price on the check. Yeah. So that's a tough thing to do too. And so, you know, it, it may take a little, a little different thinking or a little alternative way of doing things where when a situation like this arises, and you know what, maybe it's a short-term hit for the restaurant, but you say, you know what, the restaurant will pick up, you know, let's wipe that off the, let's wipe that off the check. The restaurant will pick up the tip that would have come, you know, 20% or whatever it was that would have come from that meal being on there. We'll take care of you. Yeah. Let's go do what's right for the customer. Yeah. Right? That, that's a great approach. It really is. And I didn't think of that approach, but the other thing to think of too, is if you create a culture in your restaurant where everybody knows that, you know, if you take care of the best interests of the guest, first of all, they're going to have that trust will form. And they yeah. will come back, which means later on down the road, the long-term benefits are so much better than the short-term gains. Because now you know that guest is going to come back. They're going to bring their friends. Every day of the week, we're going to have more people in seats. And that means you make more money. So you, right. And I think if you take it that approach, you're really looking out for your guests or your inner guests, your employees' best interest by comping those things. Because it's what's best for the guests, which means the guests will come back, which is what's best for your employees. And I think you nailed it right on the head, which is the, it's the long-term versus the short-term. Mm-hmm. And this is what the why does is it gives that 
long-term perspective where when you know and when you hire people that believe what you believe, who have a similar view of the world that you do, that, you know, you're coming together, you've got this restaurant, you've got, you're creating this experience for people for some higher cause or purpose than to just make money. Mm-hmm. Then they can see that long-term view. They can see the difference that they're, that they're making in the, in the, in the community or in the world or however, whatever scale you want to hit when they can feel like they're a part of making that world happen, they will naturally make the decisions that build that long-term destination or that long-term view versus making the short-term destination or or short-term decisions that are in their own best interest. I'll give you an an example. I don't remember the name of the the restaurant exactly, but there's a, um, I think this is such a, such a cool example. There's a restaurant in California. And I, again, I don't know the name. I don't remember, but I read an article about it and the owner of the restaurant his why essentially not in his words, but is to create an environment that brings people together to strengthen and build relationships. So what he offers is if you leave your device, your mobile device at the door mm-hmm. in a drawer, you get 5% off your, off your bill. Oh, wow. So he wants people to come in and actually have real life human conversation rather than coming in, sitting down at a table and being on their phones Um, and that's, that's, this is, I mean, this is what he's all about. This is what his restaurant believes in. And so if you're the kind of person who believes that strengthening human relationships and that doing it over food, which has been happening for thousands of years is a great way to do that. You will show up to work every day and you will make that purpose come to life and you'll happen to make a living doing it. It's not like I'm, this is just another restaurant. I could have picked it from hundreds and this is the one that seemed like, you know, the best fit because it's closest to my house. Mm Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, and it really reminds me of Chip Connolly's book, Peak. I don't know if you're familiar with that, David, but that whole book talks about tapping into those higher needs. At the end of the day, in the service industry, we can only pay our people so much. What's going to make them want to come for work for you is the why, is yep. tapping into their higher needs. Uh, and I think that's a great example of uh, finding a higher purpose, of you know bringing people together over food and community uh, yeah, great example. Would you say start with why is really about inspiration and providing hope? Um, yes, it's definitely about inspiration. And as far as hope, um, that's a it's a it's a loaded word, and, and depending on your definition of it, that could go either way. Mm-hmm. But it's about providing a it's something to believe in. It's something to align yourself with. And again, I'm going beyond the restaurant industry now, but it, it applies to anybody who has a job. Most people, to the tune of 87%, based on a a study by Gallup that was done in 2013, but around the planet, 87% of people are either disengaged, unhappy, or unmotivated at work. Mm -hmm. And so the reason for that is because most organizations who focus on the what and the how, and I'm not saying that those are not important, they are. You have to be good at what and you have to be good at how. But because most of them are so focused on that and it's all about churning out a product or getting to a metric or hitting a percentage or something, what what most people don't think about or understand, and yet it's just hardwired into the way we are designed, is that we are not inspired by hitting a number. Mm-hmm. What inspires people, what gets them to show up, what gets them to put forth that discretionary effort and that extra work and that sacrifice that makes such a difference in all the organizations that we look up to for all the right reasons – is that those organizations give people something to believe in. They give people something to contribute to that matters to them. And when we show up and we can do something that matters to the life of somebody else, that is what brings us real fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It's not that money's not important. It's not that money can't make you happy. It can. 
but money can only make you so happy and it yeah. can never bring you fulfillment. Fulfillment are two different things. And you know, just to add on to that, you know, you're tapping into those higher needs again. And just from my studying these successful people in the industry, I've noticed that time and time again, it's the restaurant owners or the executive chefs or the managers who see potential in the people that work for them and say, you know, you have the skill, you have the passion, you have what it takes. I can help you get to where you need to be and I'll inspire you to to reach your fullest potential. And I feel like that really contributes into it a lot too. And just the word inspiration really stuck out to me, the emphasis on inspiration. What do you think? Sure. Absolutely. And, it, and again, it brings up another distinction between motivation and inspiration. Uh, and to me, when I think about those two words, motivation is about doing something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is about doing something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So when we can be inspired to, to become our best selves, not for the sake of becoming good for ourselves, but so that we can then turn around and more positively impact or more meaningfully touch the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. That is what makes us feel amazing. Um, I mean, it's, it's such a simple exercise. I mean, think about the last kind thing you did for somebody else without expecting anything in return. How good does that feel? It oh feels God, awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, why in the world are we not doing the same thing at work? Why are we not treating our employees and our guests as just regular human beings rather than numbers on a spreadsheet or, you know, just income generators? If we actually care about the people who we work with and who, you know, set, set foot into our, into our businesses, they will feel like they belong. They will feel like they're a part of our family. And that feeling, that belief, that sense of community is what 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 creates loyalty absolutely and i just love it because the, really at the core of at what hospitality is its essence is doing exactly that making people feel belong like they, like they belong and yeah. that's why if you do your job right in this industry you literally get to go to work every day making people feel happy and that reward of making people feel happy and truly feeling like, like they belong someplace is yeah. so incredibly rewarding um you're getting me pumped up man i really am loving this conversation <laughs> Now, but I, don't, I don't want to bring you down from your high, but I, I don't want, you know, anybody listening to this to think that, you know, you, you mentioned the word why and all of a sudden everything's rosy and perfect. It's not right. You're, I mean, you're still going to have employees who don't get it. You're still going to have customers who come in who don't get it. You're still going to have crappy days of work. Uh, this, this does not change. But the, the, the thing that we like to say is you don't have to like your job every day, but you should be able to love your job every day. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a perfect segue um, into achievement versus success. Mm. What do you think, do you want to, do you want to, I don't know, summarize any thoughts you might have on that before we dive into it? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have your definitions to those words, but let me tell you what, uh, I, I'll tell you what comes to mind when, when I heard that just right now coming from you. Yeah. Um, to me, achievement and success, uh, obviously because you brought out both of them, there's some difference to them. So achievement, uh, again, to me, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this too, but, um, is about just getting stuff done and making progress. Mm -hmm. Success on the other hand, and again, there's so many different ways to define success, but the way that we define success on our team is by the, by the impact that we're making in the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. So, um, achievement is like, so achievement is like, is like making progress, but you have no idea which direction you're going. So, you know, you can drive, you know, 500 miles in a day, but if you don't know where you're going, like, what does it matter? Like, doesn't matter which direction you drive in. You can drive in circles. You're mm-hmm. still making progress, but you toward what, right? And on the other hand, success 
uh, is when, to me, when you have that, that destination, that lighthouse off in the distance, you know where you're headed. You may not get there in your lifetime, but this is something that you believe strongly in. This is something that you, uh, that drives you. This is the reason you show up to work every day. And the way you get to that lighthouse might change, might take different routes to get there. Um, but it's a fixed point. And you, when you're, when you get there or when you get closer to it, you feel successful because you feel like you're making it closer to that world that you imagine. Yeah. I think that's really close to, uh, my, uh, view of it as well. I feel like, like you said, achievements are meeting goals, meeting milestones, uh, accomplishing what you set out to do. Whereas success is a feeling it's an accomplishment. It's about, um, it's, a feeling of a state of being like, what do I want to be? Who, who do I want to be? Am yeah. I that person? If you can vision who you want to be and you have an idea of what matters to you and you understand your why and you can be your why, then you have become successful. And I feel like that's so important because in this industry, it's not about making so much money saying these huge, you know, goals to be rich in this industry. It's about, am I, clear on who I am and what I'm accomplishing in my restaurant. And if you are, if you do know your why and you know that you are in line with your why you are successful. And that is just a powerful thought in my opinion. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that the, the really, really simple way to sort of summarize the last two or three minutes of this thing we've been talking about with achievement versus success is exactly what you have just said. And I'll, I'll pull out two of those words, words, which is the difference between doing and being. Mm-hmm. So often we show up to work every day and we're so concerned about what we're doing, right? We got the to-do list, the checklist, the things that we've got to get done. And so we focus so much on doing, 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 doing that we often forget or, or neglect who we are being when we're doing those things. Meaning, how do we show up for our people? What kind of environment are we creating? Uh, are we living in line with our why? And so when we can just have that simple distinction and ask ourselves, you know, when you step through the doors of that kitchen, say, who am I being? Am I being the kind of leader that my people need me to be? Um, and am I showing up in a way that's going to support and encourage them and to create the environment where they feel safe, where they feel like they belong, where they feel like they're contributing to something more. And when you can show up and be that leader, it gives so much context and meaning to everything that you do. You might be doing the exact same thing, but it'll occur to people differently because of who you're being. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. We've covered a lot today, but just to give you an idea, like we have barely scraped the surface on the depth this book goes into some of the things we talked about today. It's an incredible book and it really does help change your perspective on what success is, how to be successful, how to draw people to you and how to start with why I'm going to give you a chance now to let the folks at home know how they can connect and uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what you got going on with your own podcast. Sure. So, um, all the, the information for the work that we're doing, you can find at startwithy.com. That's startwithywhy.com. Um, you'll be able to see videos and, and see the books and get all that information. The podcast is also on there. And the point of, of the podcast that we do is basically taking this idea of start with why and talking about ways to begin to implement it, to apply it, to actually live it. Um, and so we've got a few episodes and we're constantly working on more to help people that are interested in this stuff, figure out, how do I actually start to, to do this stuff? Uh, because as, as, as an idea, it's wonderful and it's inspiring. And sometimes because we're not conditioned to start with why it can be a little tough to start. And so, uh, the point of it is just to give you some, some tips and ideas on how to, to more fully live and, and, uh, communicate your why. 
awesome. I'll have those links in the show notes. Uh, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash David Mead, and you'll find all those links right there. Summary of the conversation, uh, links to the book, everything you need to dive in deeper. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Boom, another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys got inspired by uh, just thinking of the value in starting with why and what it can do for you. Uh, Really, a half hour is just not enough time to drive home the... uh, the power of this book, just take my word for it that if you read this book, um, you will be a better person. You will have more of the tools you need to become unstoppable. Uh, you owe it to yourself. Uh, it's really inspired me. Like I said, three times in one month, I read this book. Uh, and it just, just that clarity of just taking the time of just knowing why you exist and to really just to marinate in those thoughts and to find out your purpose will make you just appreciate and have so much more gratitude for this line of work. Um, just trust me. You owe it to yourselves. All right. I won't babble anymore. Uh, I'm sure you guys got more important things to do. So just a reminder, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Start with why you'll find links to this book and please do use my links because it will really help me out with uh, getting the support I need to continue providing this content to you. And I'll also throw in a YouTube video of Simon Sinek's uh, TED Talks where he really dives into the key most uh, important takeaways of this uh, whole philosophy of starting with why. So that will be there for you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Peace out.